I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Wrestling has more than one royal family. Chief around here, yeah, you see me, the tribal chief. That's right. Long time, but let me go ahead and tell you. Shut your bitch ass up. <laughs> Look how far we've come. You're still here. This is us. These are my confessions.
What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 402 of the Hoots Podcast, live in living color on this Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Happy Leap Year Day. Happy Lunar Day. Um, if you choose to celebrate the fact that we had an extra day of the year, more power to you. Blessed, grateful to have another day in general. Uh, how's it going, everybody? It's your boy, the Nefarious Brother Adam, aka Joshy Lopez. You can hit me up at Twitter or X, if you like to call it, at the Hoots Podcast. Please do us a favor if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook. Please uh, uh, smash that like button. Why? And if you're also on YouTube, don't forget to either follow us or subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. Uh, we are 500 subscribers away from reaching 1,000 subscribers. And I don't know about y'all, but your boy wants one of those playplex <laughs> added to the shrine here in the break free room. So um, hit us up with hit us up with a subscription. You know, it helps you get notified when new uh, content gets uploaded to the channel. And when you can check out these live streams. So for anybody that's watching live, uh, I want to say thank you. And you can uh, interact with us, come say hello, ask any questions. I'll give you a shout out as the show goes on. And um, we're going to have a good time today. We got a lot to discuss. Um, a lot of interesting things going on in the world of professional wrestling. I have a pay-per-view to recap that I did at 4 o'clock in the morning Chicago time from Australia this past Saturday. Then... We got pay-per-view coming up on Sunday uh, night from AEW that I got to make my preview predictions for. Uh, I believe uh, a spectrum of awards were handed out this week from the uh, also reliable Wrestling Observer newsletter. Uh, we had to unfortunately sift through that nonsense today. Uh, yes, I will be going over to Wrestling Observer Awards and what the hell's wrong with AEW this week because y'all need to laugh, I need to laugh, and that's the charm of the segment and that's the charm of the podcast. Also, let's not forget, we are five weeks away from WrestleMania. The Rock is going to be at SmackDown tomorrow in Glendale, Arizona. Then the week after that in Texas. Then the week after that in Memphis. Wait a minute. I thought Rock and Roman were just going to be part-time heading into WrestleMania. Hey, that's neither here or there. Let Twitter continue to dictate your wrestling opinions. Anyways, uh, don't forget this podcast comes to you free of charge anywhere you get your podcast from. Uh, we are available at Apple Podcasts, what, Spotify, what. Make sure to follow us there as well. Uh, Pandora, what, iHeartRadio, what. Anywhere, what? <laughs> a lot of different places you can check out this podcast. I do appreciate the support uh, from each and every single one of you. Um, so with that being said, um, I don't want to waste too much time in this opening monologue uh, because really I think you guys are here just to talk about what's going on with the week of the shows. And this could be more of a wrestling-heavy episode, but... I'd be remiss, this is not just a wrestling podcast, it's also a live podcast where I could uh, share some life experiences, share some advice that I've gained from other people, and also share some piece of audio of, you know, some things that maybe you need to be cautious of in your dynamic of your relationships with your friends, your partners, et cetera, et cetera, family, and it's really an encouraging type of podcast. I'm not here to 
make anybody feel bad about themselves. Uh, we do have uncomfortable conversations sometimes, but I'm also uh, I'm proud of the fact that this podcast has been an avenue where we can uh, share some wisdom out for people who are kind of going about it the wrong way. And, you know, sometimes YouTube is hitting and miss when it comes to seeking motivation or wisdom on a certain subject. And a lot of times I'll share quotes here and there on my social media pages and 90% of them ha don't have to do with what I'm currently going through at that moment. Uh, so when I share these clips, I don't want you guys to start worrying about me or ask me if I'm down or sad or anything. Much to the contrary, I'm, I'm fucking great. <laughs> I'm in good spirits. Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, I just finished my uh, month of steps, which I did 380,000 this month, over 200 miles, which is insane. Um, so that stuff's been good, going good. I've been getting some money on the side, uh, which has been nice on Monday and Thursdays. And the podcast is still doing well, 1.1 million downloads. What do I got to complain about, man? I got no distractions. I got no drama. I'm happy. Um, I'm loving myself again. My connection with God is good. All's good. I got nothing to complain about. And I'm grateful for all of you. I'm grateful for the fact that we can do this each and every single week. And uh, like I said uh, a couple weeks ago when we did episode 400, uh, we're going to enjoy these last couple years. So um, let's have some fun, shall we? Before we get to the wrestling stuff this week, um, there's a very, very talented content creator that I go to a lot of times for wisdom and clarity on um, healing and uh, communication uh, within relationships. And that's all aspects of relationships. And this guy's name is uh, Stefan Speaks or Stefan Labossier. Um, he has two different channels. He has uh, his main one, Stefan Speaks, and then there's another one specifically for men. Um and the clip I'm going to play here today, again, this has nothing to do with what I'm going through at the current moment. I don't have anything going on <laughs> currently when it comes to romantic relationships. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that's the case because I don't need a distraction or nonsense. So I want to play this clip for you guys. And the name of the uh, video here is called Three Effective Ways to Hold Women Accountable. Now, Putting the title of this video to the side, I think it's very important to hold everybody accountable, even in the wrestling sense. Uh, you, I want you guys to hold me accountable with my perspectives and being consistent and not being a hypocrite on here when it comes to my takes or analyst work or stuff like that on the podcast. I want you guys to hold me accountable as much as I, ho I hold my colleagues accountable you know i'm one of the few wrestling media members that does that and um holding people in life accountable is very important because here's the deal do you want people to play around with you do you want to deal with my gains or do you want to be respected but i think what's missing in translation with all that being said is how we go about expressing and communicating the fact that people need to be held accountable. Um, and Stefan here does a great job of explaining that. And um, I'm going to play this video for you guys. So this is from Stefan Speaks channel uh, for men. Uh, this is a very popular video. I'll put it in the description of our YouTube channel if you guys want to check out the whole thing. But um, 
this is talking about holding um, women accountable. But again, not, don't just apply it to relationships. Also apply it to how you go about your interactions with everybody, holding them accountable. Because accountability is very important. And it's kind of a lost art in today's society. So enough talking for me. <laughs> let's hear what uh, Stefan has to say here. And I'll react right after. So let's play this. All right. But let's just focus on you as a man holding the woman accountable. So the first thing you have to do is learn how to speak with love and not to attack. Now, I know some of y'all probably shaking your heads thinking that's I'm full of crap for saying that. Right. But hear me out. Hear me out. OK, here's the thing that I've learned. It is human nature that when we feel that we are being attacked. Right. We get defensive. And attack doesn't necessarily mean just the exact words coming out of our mouth. So for some of you, you may say, well, I wasn't attacking this woman. I wasn't cursing her out. I wasn't uh, demeaning her with my words. Granted, you may not have been doing those things, but your energy behind those words is what made her feel attacked. Now, if you think that sounds silly, consider a situation where you've had a woman talk to you. And she may be talking calm and talking proper, but you can tell that her energy is very passive aggressive. All right. That she still has an attitude. So it still bothered you and still made you feel like she is attacking you. And naturally, how do you respond to that? Not very well. Most people don't. So if we understand how it feels when we're put in those shoes, then we have to consider how that person feels when we're coming at them. And so if we want to hold a woman accountable, we have to learn how to speak in a way that allows her to receive the message. You either want to be heard or you want to be received. All right. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. I know what some of y'all are going to say. It doesn't matter how you say it to some people. They're going to get offended. They're going to get deflect, you know, defensive. They're, they're not going to hold themselves accountable. Listen, that is true in some cases. And I'm going to tell you by the end of this video how to handle those people who reject even when you're taking the right or most effective approach. OK, but that doesn't mean don't take the right approach. You have to do your part, because, again, as I said in the beginning, we're either going to focus on pride or we're going to focus on progress. Speaking with love gives you the greatest chance of this woman accepting what you're saying and actually making the necessary corrections. Now, I want to make clear, though I say speaking with love, I understand that in some scenarios, you know, you may get triggered, you may get pissed, you may be a little bit more aggressive with your tone, you may say some things that weren't the nicest things to say, right? And I do believe that the more blatantly wrong that woman is, and more specifically, when I say blatantly wrong, if she did something to you to, that was offensive to you, that was hurtful to you, that she knows, and you guys have talked about before, is a problem, right? You'll, you'll be given more leeway with how you speak to her. Not saying you should take that leeway. I'm just saying that if you have that moment, it's going to be easier for her to not hold that against you or to not use that in a way of, not hearing what you have to say because she already knows she's wrong. You guys had this discussion. And also, depending on how much she actually values and respects you, 
which I feel the need to elaborate a little bit more on in the sense that the unfortunate truth is that some women aren't going to take accountability with you because they're not serious enough about you. All right. And they're only there to play games. And so, again, that's just another example of it doesn't mean don't take the right approach. It just means that by taking the right approach, if they still can't accept it for what it is and give you that respect, that's just more evidence you shouldn't be dealing with this individual. Okay. But like I said, the, the more blatantly wrong she is, the more leeway you have. I would still suggest to you that even if you go off in that moment, you at some point hold yourself accountable and acknowledge to her, you know what? I was a little rough. I stand by what I said, but I understand I could have said it better. All right. That's it. That to me is good enough. But also understanding that though I said speak with love, there's nothing wrong with expressing disappointment. There's nothing wrong with even expressing that you were frustrated by this situation. It's just when I say speak with love, it's more so about don't attack. Attacking is, you know, hitting below the belt, um, calling her out her name, you know, uh, just piling it on on her and cursing her out. All these things that create a much more negative dialogue in that situation. These are the things that we want to try to stay away from as best as possible if we're trying to achieve the results of her holding herself accountable. So again, I know for some guys, you're like, man, why should we have to do all that? Again, I hate to sound like a broken record, but you either want pride or you want progress. All right. If you want progress, this is going to work better for you. Plain and simple. All right. All right. That's the first part there. I will play the second part of this video at the end of the podcast this week. And it's a very important thing about accountability. I always say you cannot hold people accountable if you can't hold yourself accountable. And I'll express that point later on when we play that second clip. So that's the first part of it there. And I I think he hits hits the nail on the head there, you know, Um, um, not tension, but tone an approach is very, uh, very important, especially if you're having a disagreement about something or as you saying, you know, uh, you could, it's okay to express your disappointment or express the fact that you're frustrated by a situation and like a, a boundary that you set with your partner and they're continuing to throw it back at your face and try to see if they can get something out of you, you know, and lashing out. Um, I don't care what the situation is, um, unless it's something where uh, uh, somebody close to you is like seriously like in a grave situation. I guess that is justified to be uh, lashing out. But I think in most cases, and we're just talking about communication here. Um, the way we go about it is very, very sad. These days, I I think that an issue that a lot of people have today is the fact that they don't take the time to listen and they're listening to react instead of listening to understand where their partner is coming from. And um, I think that's also an issue within the wrestling world. You know, um, we all can have different opinions. I don't agree with everything that everybody says. And I, 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 I'm pretty sure that most of you guys don't agree with everything I have to say about the wrestling business, but um, I am accountable enough to understand that it's okay to have different perspective on things, but I, I have to hold my own field 
accountable when they're talking as if their shit don't stink or they're misleading the audience and either they're trying to be a cloud chaser more or less. That's the stuff that I have to hold my colleagues accountable for. Uh, because I, I think we really do harm to today's wrestling fans. You see the discourse, how it is on social media every single day. I think a lot of it derives of stuff that you hear on shows like this, where people who have blue check marks, whether they pay for it or not, they think that their ego is on such a high level that they can't see the ground beneath them. Like their ego is so big that they can't see what's in front of them. And I, I just don't think it's right to act like your shit don't stink. I don't care how many subscribers you got. I don't care how many followers you got on Twitter and Instagram. This, I get it. We all have to make a name for ourselves as content creators, but this, uh, I think more respect comes for the people who earn the following they get, as opposed to people who are clout chasing and doing clickbait nonsense. So, you know, accountability and communication goes a lot of ways. It could be handled in a relationship setting. It can be handled within, you know, business, a lot of different aspects. So it's just it's just something to think about. And I wanted to express that with you guys here at the beginning of the show. But all that being said, we got a lot of wrestling stuff to discuss here, so let's get into it. When I come back, we'll start off the show with this week in WWE, as we usually do. Uh, got to recap the Elimination Chamber from Australia. Then from there, we'll go into what I can expect seeing what's going on with The Rock, as he'll be on SmackDown tomorrow night. And then also, we got to talk a little bit about NXT this week, because NXT is putting out some bangers. We'll discuss all that right uh We'll discuss all that this week in WWE. Coming up next right here on the Hoots Podcast. Welcome back to the Hoots Podcast, everybody. I will openly admit this has been a very, very long week for yours truly when it comes to um, wrestling media content. Um, outside of the podcast, I decided, you know, when I record this show, I don't feel drained from it. It's not, um, it's not something like I consider a chore or anything like that. But my work work when it comes to making transcripts is... Uh, it's a lot, and it's a real grind, especially during WrestleMania season. But that's this is kind of the part of the year where I shine the best when it comes to my play-by-play articles. I mean, if you look at uh, my uh, the site that I share the articles, uh, WrestlingHeadlines.com, um, I'm hitting over 95% of green SEO scores on WordPress, which is a really good sign for your articles. Anytime you type in a specific show results, my pieces are right ranked very high up there with everybody else. So um putting in that grunt work, man. And I'm not half-assing shit. You know, there's a lot of sites that uh copy and paste each other and they don't really put the work in. Uh and 
this WrestleMania season. So, you know, big time players make big time plays. And I've been um, making sure that I've been on my A game, not only with these TV shows, but especially the, especially the PLEs. And um, this past Saturday morning, I covered uh, the Elimination Chamber. So let me break down a little bit for you guys the week that I had following the recording of last week's episode. So on Friday, I did my day like that I usually do. Then Friday night, I did SmackDown. Uh, finished that around 9, 9.30-ish uh, Central Time here in Chicago. And then I decided to take a nap from 10 o'clock to 2.30 in the morning. Now, for to break down the fourth wall here, um, when it comes to articles, I had to post the article at least an hour in advance of said PLE or pay-per-view. Uh, it it gets the article out there. It, get, it allows people to go in and start interacting with each other with the chat boxes that we usually have for these websites. And um, I just had to post the article about an hour in advance of the show, which is fine. I, I have no problem with that. So I had to post that at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, I did the kickoff match, which was the uh, Kabuki Warriors against uh, Candice Raid and the Hartwell. Big moment for her. Indy for the fact that she's in her home country, you know, decent match. I guess you could call it a TV match, hence why it was on a kickoff show. So, okay, no problem. Have a match done at 3.30 in the morning. Then the main show starts at 4. And we start off with the Women's Elimination Chamber match. So, okay, we're following the timeline here. So, um, post article at 3. Start the main show at four. By the time I was done with the paper, uh, the PLE on Saturday, it was a uh, quarter to eight o'clock. It wasn't that long, almost a four hour show, which was fine. Um, so okay, I was, I, I thought it would be all right. Okay, I'm trying to map out how I'm gonna go about the rest of my Saturday. Do I want to stay up? Um, how am I gonna go about it? I'm kind of working on a bad sleep schedule as it is at that point. So instead of falling asleep after the chamber is over, I walked for 10,000 steps. I did my long walk after the chamber on Saturday. So now we're at 1030 in the morning, Chicago time. And (laughs) I'm feeling it, man. (laughs) And I... I Sunday, Saturday and Sunday were not easy for me. It was just both of those days were bad mental health days for me. Um, I, I do contribute a lot of it to um, the lack of sleep that I was getting that week, but also some other stuff that I was dealing with at the time. But then we go to Monday. Um, I helped my dad out with his uh, work uh, work route. Uh, I've been doing that for the past couple of months, which has been cool, you know, Getting out there, um, getting my muscle on and stuff like that. <laughs> come come back to the house. It's 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, on Mondays, I get up early, like 6 o'clock, so I get a walk-in before I go to help him out on this route. We leave at 8.30. I get back here to like a quarter of 4 o'clock in the afternoon, right? And then got to get ready for Raw. That's another three hours. So... If we go through that. Then we go to Tuesday. Uh, I do NXT as well. And it's nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And uh, I had to make sure that I'm not 
burning myself out or trying to overextend myself, but I'm very impressed with the recall ability that I have when it comes to these articles with the lack of sleep that I've been getting over the past couple of weeks and everything else in between. <laughs> I guess you could say this is part of the show where I'm starting to pat myself on the shoulder, but I am because most people that probably wouldn't care about the quality of the work that they're putting out would probably just half-fast it and copy and paste a report from another website if they're uh, doing the transcripts. But I take a lot of pride in the work that I put in. And I I didn't want to do a disservice to you guys. So just know, man, I, I my sleep schedule in the past week has, has not been easy. I'm almost there to being back in a normal state. But, you know, this past week in general, is just, it's just a reminder of why I got into this field in the first place. And I understand that there's sacrifices along the way that comes with this territory of being a uh, wrestling content creator and especially working in the wrestling business as a whole uh, this is nothing about me complaining or anything like that I'm I'm grateful for opportunities like this there's been plenty of times where I've covered uh, New Japan shows at the wee hours of morning and you know there there's times on a Saturday where I covered like seven shows you guys remember that uh, SummerSlam in Vegas in 2021 I did over 13 hours of wrestling media content that day. I did NWA. There was a New Japan show that Saturday as well. I did all of SummerSlam that night and also recorded a podcast <laughs> right after with um, my buddy Andrew Medalla and Blake Mitchamore that night when we were doing the SNE show. 13 hours. That's a grind, man. But it was worth it. And then the, the next night, did the same thing. Okay, we had the NXT TakeOver show, and then we do a recap show after that. So <laughs> um, I know on the contrary, where people kind of look down on wrestling podcasters and stuff like that, and they're like, oh, you don't put any work in. You're not doing the 9 to 5 stuff. All you do is sitting and talking. Uh <laughs> That's another show and a topic for another time. I'm not going to go into that, and I'm not going to try and debate the the values of labor work versus mental uh, mental work. And I'm not I'm not I'm not getting into that right now. All I am saying is that understand that your boy <laughs> takes his shit seriously, and I bust my ass. So I hope you guys know that. Oh, snap, I got my Uncle Chris here. What's going on, man? I just saw your comments. <laughs> man, I appreciate you. Thank you for saying that, man. Um, you know, I am I'm very grateful for what we got going on. And, um, you know, we got to take things one show at a time. And guess what? I, we're in the middle of WrestleMania season, and The Rock is going to have a match. Now, when when is that going to be? Is it going to be night one of WrestleMania? Are we going to have this tag match? Is it going to be him and Cody Rhodes? Uh, a lot of different questions up in the air. Um, all I know is this guy right here, Roman Reigns, the Tribal Chief. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's funny. I, I made the, t- the the title of this week's episode called "It's About Power." Uh, you guys remember the little rap song that The Rock did a couple uh, a couple years ago with Tech Nine? 
it's about drive, it's about power. It's, we say hungry, you devour. Something like that. I think that's how the, the, the rap verse went. All the power lies within the bloodline. That's a good way to segue into this. So, you know, we're at the Elimination Chamber. Cody challenges Rock to a match. Then we go to Raw. Paul Heyman's trying to convince Cody to rethink his uh, decision. Now the fact that The Rock is a heel. Rock is, you know, trying to play the power role with the fact that he's a board member on TKO. And there's so many different variables of where we're going to go with this, where we're going to go with that. And I tell you what, man. That's why we watch, man. <laughs> Even for me, somebody like myself who's been covering the wrestling industry for 10 years, I can't tell you right now what the night one main event of WrestleMania is going to be or what the finish is going to be for night two. I have my I have my feelings. I have, you know, things that I think could go this direction or that direction. But even for myself, like, I'm glad the fact that I don't have all the answers going into WrestleMania uh, in Philly in five weeks. You know, I think that's cool. The fact that The Rock is taking time out of schedule to actually be a part of all these TV shows, I would hope that maybe The Rock would show up at the Raw that's happening in Chicago on March 25th. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. But as I say that, there's so many questions up there like, what do you do? <laughs> Uh, yes. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> well, Chris, it's, uh, Josh, you remember the song, It Doesn't Matter, White Clef and the Rock. I do remember that. I remember that soundtrack more importantly. There's a lot of good songs on that soundtrack. Um, I, I, I gotta wonder, you know, when I think about the situation with the Rock and Cody, I know the tag match is there, right? Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins against the Bloodline. It makes sense. We had the little skirmish at that press conference during Super Bowl week, which was pretty cool. There's so many options there on the table right now. I don't think we're in a lose-lose situation from a business standpoint. The best part of all this is that The Rock is going to have a match. One way, one way or another, regardless of what Cody Rhodes finishes story or not at WrestleMania, The Rock will have a match at WrestleMania. The Stone Cold Steve Austin come out and cost Roman the title, and, you know, you have all that bloodline interference. Here comes Seth Rollins. Here comes Jey Uso. Here comes Stone Cold. And it's like the freaking Avengers <laughs> going against the bloodline. You know, Tama Tonga just uh, signed a contract with the WWE. Uh, maybe he gets involved with the bloodline. Oh, but Tamatanga is not related to Roman Reigns. Okay, Sami Zayn is not Samoan, and he was part of the bloodline last year. <laughs> you don't have to be blood to be uh, in a faction of family, I guess. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I mean, there's so many different scenarios here that like, I don't know where you could go wrong with this. I'm I'm curious to see what The Rock has to say tomorrow. Will we get more of what we got a couple weeks ago where he's calling Utah the largest gathering of trailer park trash he's ever seen? And he's like <laughs> uh, talking about inbred grandchildren and – <laughs> I'm I'm I am I'm I'm just as curious as anybody else is. Are we going to get more a more serious version of The Rock tomorrow night? 
due to the fact that Cody's calling him out. I don't know if Cody's going to be on the show tomorrow night on SmackDown from Arizona, but I'll tell you what, man, I, I'm I'm excited for it. I, I really am. Um, there is so many things to tie in with this program going into WrestleMania, and it's so fitting with it being WrestleMania 40, WrestleMania versus Starcade, WWE versus WCW, Dusty against Vince, I guess, if you want to make that comparison. Cody versus Roman. You got The Rock in between. Tri- what what happens with the things that Triple H said a couple weeks ago? Will that be addressed? What's up with Seth Rollins? And does he really have Cody Rhodes back or not? Or is he using him? Is he going to stab him in the back? I have so I have so many of these questions that I I don't even I don't have the answer to it right now. And again, that's why we watch this stuff. That's why we've been into wrestling since day one. Um, now, do we have storylines for every single person on the roster like we did in the Attitude Era? No. <laughs> but I also know that a lot of people's attention span are next to none. You know, there's a lack of attention span in wrestling today, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Rikishi coming back, being part of the bloodline, you know, he's part of the family. I, I don't know if he'll be associated more with the rock angle, but I could see Rikishi getting involved with his sons, knowing the fact that Jimmy and Jay are probably going to fight each other in a singles match at WrestleMania this year. So I could totally see with 100% conviction that Rikishi will be part of something on television soon because Jimmy has cost his brother now two championships in the span of, I don't know, eight months, Jimmy Uso cost Jay the tag titles and he cost him the IC title a few weeks ago. And I put out this list. You guys remember the uh, the, the skit on the Chappelle show, the player haters ball, you know, where they're like, um, <laughs> got Silky Johnson, you got uh, Ice Ice T as the the moderator, the player haters ball, and it makes me just like you're a hater. Like you, you talk trash, you try to run down people. Like WWE is like re reenacting that whole skit. You got Jimmy Uso who's trying to ruin his brother's life. You got Drew McIntyre basically running down CM Punk every chance he gets through the fact that the guy's been injured. He made a t-shirt out of it with the tombstone saying <laughs> CM Punk's, <laughs> um, CM Punk's um, WrestleMania dreams, like in a gravestone. And I'm like, my God, man. We got player haters all over the place on that roster. So there is so much to sift through with all this stuff that I, even I'm losing, uh, losing count of the things we can see. Um, but I will say for sure, I do think that Rikishi will definitely be part of this stuff with uh, the bloodline for sure. Yeah, I, CM Punk was supposed to fight Seth Rollins um, for the world title at WrestleMania. That was supposed to be the match. And then he tore his tricep, which sucks. It sucks. I, I know you can see the look on Punk's face when he uh, was crying. Um <laughs> um yeah punk i can see the look on his face when he was like getting like really sad you know for the fact that he's missing out on this wrestlemania he wasn't there for wrestlemania 30 obviously 10 years ago uh i wanted to see punk against Rollins as much as anybody 
but uh, it sucks. But hey, you got to capitalize on those opportunities, and that's why Drew McIntyre right now, in my opinion, has been the the MVP, I guess, for this WrestleMania season because. That guy is a menace. He doesn't give a shit. <laughs> he's calling out everybody. He's just he's he's something else, man. But um, I I don't know. I I got, I'm trying to wonder like who Drew McIntyre would be within the Marvel universe or that DC stuff. Like I could totally see him being uh, Wolverine. Like that that's like the vibe that I've been getting for him. He takes no prisoners. He gives no shits. <laughs> <laughs> I, and he kind of looks like Hugh Jackman in a way too. So I, I, I think Drew McIntyre is definitely um, Wolverine for sure. Anyways, um, we had the pay-per-view, like I said, in Australia uh, a few nights ago. And, you know, we had a uh, – let's see this comment here. Hey, Josh, I got a new TV partner for wrestling. My wife watches with me, and I was very into wrestling now. I – Uncle Chris, I'm shocked. I I am legitimately sh- shocked by you saying that. <laughs> you know you got to keep her <laughs> when she finally gets into wrestling. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> that hey that hey that that's that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. Um, very quick. Let me take a sip of water really quick. Oh, man, I've been talking nonstop for the last thirty minutes. I need to clear out my throat real quick. Anyways, um, we had we had the chamber matches. Um, I thought the women's match was very very physical in a lot of ways. You know, Liv Morgan was throwing her body all over the place. Uh, Tiffany Stratton, you know, looks are, are deceiving. I actually got the whole Trish Stratus vibes her and stuff like that. But that girl can go. Uh, she's very very athletic, and from the work that I saw her on NXT. She is going to make a star out of herself. She's very, very good at what she does. Um, and then um, you have Naomi back. Um, I'll tell you what. I was not surprised that Becky Lynch won the match. I think it's the right choice. Her against Rhea Ripley is a big-time match. Um Rhea Ripley and Charlotte had a classic women's match at last year's WrestleMania. So, you know, Becky, within herself, from a character standpoint, would want to one-up Charlotte. So I'm not surprised that Becky won the chamber match. That match is going to be really cool. I think that's going to be a dope match. Um, So we'll see how that goes. I thought it was funny on Raw this week. Uh, she called Dominic Mysterio a kumquat. I, I, I haven't heard that in a while. So <laughs> that was a very interesting line there. Um, then uh, we had the main event, of course. Uh, Rhea Ripley did retain over Nia Jax. Um, I did get a question this week from Chris about uh, Nia Jax, and I'll get into that later on in the Q&A segment. But um, <laughs> uh, I will say... Um, Rhea Ripley, you can call her China. I, I think the comparisons are fair. Uh, I do believe that. Uh, she has that vibe to her. I mean, hell, she's played as a poor role to the Judgment Day as she as China did for DX. So I, I, I could totally see the comparisons there for sure. But Rhea Ripley is a big-time deal. She, she just is. Um, she could kick most people's ass. Uh, male or female, and she's 
she's not that bad of a talker. I, 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 I'll be honest with you guys with that. Um, Rhea Ripley has improved a lot over the last couple of years, and uh, maybe it's not everybody's cup of tea with the emo look and the purple and black stuff, but you guys know me. I'm an Undertaker guy, so if you see black and purple, you got me. Those are my two favorite colors. Um, Uncle Chris, I only record this show on Thursdays. Uh, it's always Thursdays around 2 or 4 o'clock. It just depends on when I want to record it on Thursdays. So, <laughs> Okay. Um, the tag title match with the uh, Judgment Day and um, British Strong Style or New Catch Republic. I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Um, by the way, Uncle Chris is one of the main reasons why I got into wrestling. So y'all can thank him uh, right now in the uh, comments section. Uh, him and my dad got me introduced to wrestling, and here we are almost 25 years later. <laughs> I'm still doing this stuff. but um, So we had the tag title match. Uh, very, very good. Uh, you know, it's hard to follow up a, a, a gimmick match like that, the el- Elimination Chamber. And you have – and that match went on for almost 40 minutes. To follow it up and, you know, not having the crowd sit on their hands, I think that's a hard challenge. I think that's something to be applauded, you know. I, I think both guys – both teams killed it. Um, I was not surprised at the judgment day one, though. I wasn't thinking it was the time for them to lose those titles anyway. They're probably going to lose it to Miz and R-Truth at WrestleMania. But uh, I do want to give props and credit where credit's due because those those four guys beat the shit out of each other. And, you know, seeing Dominic Mysterio get ejected from ringside <laughs> and Michael Cole, man. I don't know who, if there's any person on earth that hates Dominic Mysterio than Michael Cole because, oh, man. <laughs> uh, that, that was a cool spot. Uh, anyways, uh, let's see what else we got here. I forgot from the pay-per-view. Uh, I talked a little bit about the Grace Waller segment with Cody and Sev. That was what it was. Uh, I talked about the main event. Let, let's talk about the men's chamber match because I've seen some varying takes. Hey, <laughs> you, oh Chris, you're more than welcome to come on sometime. Uh, you'll you'll crack some people up for sure. <laughs> we just gotta get you a camera that works. Um, but I definitely would love to have you on the show, Chris, for sure. Um, you know, I know some people kind of felt that the men's chamber match would. Yes, we would break the internet. <laughs> oh man. Honestly, if it was, if we had Uncle Chris, myself, and my uh, my uncle Jeremy as well, uh, forget about it. We probably win a bunch of uh, podcast awards for that. <laughs> um, so I know some people are kind of like I would say indifferent towards the men's chamber match, but I thought I thought at a different pace. Would I say this was my favorite men's chamber match of all time? Probably not. But I wouldn't say it was a bad match either. You know, seeing Bobby Lashley spear Logan Paul through one of the chamber pods was a nasty spot. Uh, very, very nasty spot. Um, I thought Kevin Owens 
had a good showing for himself in the in the chamber match. Um, obviously, they had the story of Randy Orton. I don't know whether his back injury is is that bad as people were making out to me. So I hope he's all right. Um, seeing AJ Styles, here's another guy who's a player hater. AJ Styles comes in, costs LA Knight the match. He he comes in as somebody. I think Bobby Lashley's trying to get out of the chamber because he was eliminated. And AJ Styles comes in, bam, 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 bunch of chair shots to LA Knight and does the Styles clash on the chair. And I'm like, damn, man. <laughs> um, said, let's see what we got here. Um, this year's Rumble got me sleepy, and you know I don't sleep during shows. Yeah, I, the Rumble, Rumble had – I want to say it was a slow show. I, I again, I think it's the ambience of Werner having that event with that baseball park because one, that baseball park in Tampa Bay is a dump, and the acoustics there are terrible. Um, so, yeah, I please WWE never do another pay per view at the Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay, Florida. Again, please do not do that again. Um, I again, I don't know what the extent is of. Rain Orange injury. I hope he's all right. But again, for AJ Styles to cost LA Knight the chamber, at first I thought it was going to be LA Knight against Logan Paul for the U.S. title at WrestleMania, but now for sure I believe it's going to be AJ Styles and LA Knight. And, hey, that's fine. You know, you probably wouldn't want to leave AJ Styles off the card. So you got a grudge match there. It's kind of old school the way you guys remember when um, – Kurt Angle cost Shawn Michaels the Royal Rumble or vice versa that they had a grudge match because of that. You kind of have a similar thing here too. So uh, AJ Styles and LA Knight at WrestleMania. Hey, <laughs> I don't even think LA Knight was on the card last year, so you got to take what you got to take, right? Uh, Logan Paul costing Randy Orton a match. You know, Randy Orton um, did eliminate Logan earlier with the RKO, but for Logan to hit him with the brass knuckles, um, I'm I'm curious as anybody to see how that's going to go for the U.S. title. Is it going to be Logan and Randy straight up for the U.S. title, or is it Logan Paul, Randy, and Kevin Owens for the title? I don't know. It could be a triple threat. It could be a one-on-one match. Uh, Who would have thought that you would see – Randy Orton against Logan Paul in a match for WrestleMania. I didn't see that coming. And for Logan Paul being a celebrity as he is, the guy's good. He just is. He's very, very good. Um, let's see. Give me a second here. Drew McIntyre was the right choice to win this men's chamber match. Him and Seth Rollins are going to have a barn burner. And it follows the story that's been going on for the last five months with Drew McIntyre and his reemerges as a bad guy. And um, those two are going to have a dope match. Um, yes, he definitely makes a really good heel for sure. Um, you know, I. I try to figure out whether or not they're going to do like seven matches for each night of WrestleMania. Um, 
I do like the fact that they're separating you two nights because even for myself, you know, some of those WrestleManias that would go on uh, for like six or seven hours for one night were a drain. (laughs) Those were very, very long shows. So um, I'm trying to see if I do get approved for media credentials. That's the only way I'll be able to make it out to Philly for WrestleMania this year. If I get approved to cover this show in the press box, that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. But all in all, I, I am kind of curious to see how the rest of the layout of this WrestleMania card is going to be. Uh, we got the women's matches already. We got Bailey and EO for the, the women's title. We got Rhea and Becky, obviously. Uh, do you do Bianca against Tiffany Stratton straight up? Do you have this big tag match for the uh, uh, women's tag team titles like you do uh, Bookie Warriors against um, Jay Cargill and Bianca Belair. Um, so many different options to choose from. Uh, I am very curious just as much as anybody else to see how the rest of this card is going to uh, shape out for WrestleMania. But uh, we had a lot of other stuff going on on Raw this past week. You know, um, Gunther... <laughs> Guter is trying to figure out who's his next opponent for the IC title at WrestleMania. We had this like Rocky esque uh, vignette for Chad Gable, which I thought was pretty cool. Trying to get revenge for Gunther making his daughter cry during their championship match back in October. Uh, I do remember that. I, th- I think that show was in Charlotte. Um, and, you know, Chad Gable getting to finish his story at WrestleMania would be pretty cool, right? Yeah, Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Um, let's see. I hope that WWE gives it to you or even hires you because you know your stuff, but I believe in you. Uncle Chris, I love you, man. I appreciate you saying that. I really do. I really, that means a lot. I'm going to make it happen. It's going to happen sooner or later. Uh, I'm trusting and leaving it in God's hands. And if anything else, and Chrissy will help me get there sooner or later for sure. (laughs) Um, Brett Strepsel, what's up, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, buddy. How about you? Um, let's see. Talk about Rob. So, Sam Zane uh, beat Nakamura in the opening match. That was a very good match. A very, very good and physical match. Then from there, we had um, Gunther walk past Sammy in the backstage area. And, you know, you got Gunther throwing out different ideas. You know, is it same thing? This is Chad Gable, The Miz. Uh, he's like, it's getting ridiculous to the point that people are suggesting our truth <laughs> would be <laughs> uh, fighting Gunther for the IC title. That's the question. I, I don't know who's going to fight Gunther at WrestleMania. Is it something where you do like a, a six-person ladder match on night one? And whoever wins that match fights Gunther on night two. That's not a bad idea. I mean, you could do a tournament on Raw for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, Chris, you really want those shots for Gunther? <laughs> no shot. <laughs> You're not taking those chops. No, no way. <laughs> That's a no shot on that for sure. <laughs> um. 
I leave it up to either having the ladder match or tournament because you can throw Andrade in there. You can throw Bronson Breed in there. I think, honestly, Brett, to answer your question, I think it's either going to be uh, Chad Gable or Sami Zayn. I think it's either those two guys are going to fight Gunther. Hell, you know what? Make Gunther. <laughs> Can he handle my slams is the question. My God. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, all right. So, <laughs> you know what? Put Gunther in the ladder match. Yo, why not? Make it a seven-way ladder match. Um, there's a lot of different options for sure. Uh, let's see. What, what else did I forget for this show this week? Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's that you're old now. <laughs> Age is not an issue, man. I just don't want you to get uh, chopped to uh, death from that guy, man. That guy. That guy plays no games. It's not like a. Uh, you know, like a regular WWE chop, like this guy's like Japan style or, um, you know, his chops would be like an equivalent of Bradshaw, like giving you like the clothesline from hell. Like you're just done for <laughs> if he hits you with that. Um, I can give it as good as, good as I can get. <laughs> oh, man, you're the man. <laughs> um I was gonna say um New Day, uh the street fight that they had with Imperium on Raw, very, very physical. I thought it was the right choice for Imperium to get the victory over that one for New Day. New Day's had a lot of victories, so Imperium needs to continue to build their momentum. So I thought that was a good match there. Um Lynn Morgan kind of got a got a little bit bitter and petty because Becky Lynch kind of stole her spotlight. Um Becky got Nia Jax disqualified. Nia was fighting during the show. And then Liv confronted Becky in the backstage area. She's like, hey, you know, not everything is about you. And um, remember, I always strengthened my hands with my martial arts. <laughs> you need to be stopped. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Um, so Liv Morgan is, like I said, she's getting very salty over the fact that, um, Becky's kind of stealing her spotlight. She still wants to get her revenge on Rhea Ripley. Everybody and their mother wants to fight Rhea Ripley. I don't blame you, but you also got to remind yourself as Rhea Ripley would say, mommy is always on top. It is what it is. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I, I get it for sure. Um, let's see. Did I miss anything else? Um, I, I put over the Drew and Seth segment. I thought it, I thought it was smart on Drew's part to be like, you know what? Hey, why are you fighting battles that you don't need to fight? I'm your opponent at WrestleMania. You need to back off for the bloodline. And that throws out the question out there. You know, a lot of people on a lot of shows this week are assuming that Seth Rollins it's going to cost uh, Cody Rhodes the title at WrestleMania. Do I believe that's going to happen? No. In the way that Roman Reigns has gone on his way to degrade um, 
Seth Rollins in that championship over the past few months. Why now, out of a sudden, Seth is going to cost Cody the title? I, I just, I just don't see that. Yes, Seth hasn't had Cody's back per se in the physical sense, but you got to remember he's still recovering from the uh, torn MCL that he had uh, uh, about a month ago. I don't even know if he's medically uh, cleared yet to compete. So it's not to say that Cody, uh, it's not to say that Seth doesn't have Cody's back. I think people are trying to come up with scenarios just so people don't throw a hissy fit or right if Cody Rhodes does not beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year. I don't believe that's going to happen two years in a row. I don't. I, 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 I'll be shocked. I'll be honest with you guys. I'll be shocked if Cody does not beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania this year. I, I really would. But also, you guys got to know, I, I'm a Roman Reigns guy. So if he wins, I'm not going to complain. Roman, you know, breaking Hulk Hogan's title reign is a big deal. I understand that. But how long do you think you're going to be able to further this title reign and holding off this moment for Cody to win the championship? We'll have to see how that plays out because it's a it's a very, very interesting debate for sure. You know what, Uncle Chris? I wouldn't mind seeing Bobby Lashley and Gunther too. Uh, that'd be a very good match. You know, Gunther was supposed to fight Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for that title. And then all the news, uh, the shit hit the fan with Brock Lesnar and his situation. So, it's I, trust me, I wanted to see Gunther and Brock Lesnar as much as anybody. But uh, unfortunately, that match is not happening. Um, so Drew and Seth, they had their history going in the fall. Um, we'll see how the rest of that plays out as we go through the rest of this uh, road to WrestleMania. Then from there, we had Cody uh, in the main event against Grayson Waller. Cody made work of him in Austin Theory. Uh, Paul Heyman came out with his group of security guards trying to, um, you know, trying to play mind games with Cody. That didn't end up working well for him. And Cody, you know, is sending a message to the bloodline, basically saying that he's hunting him. He's hunting the bloodline. The bloodline is not hunting him. So good to see some fire out of Cody because I think in some ways he's been a little bit too passive-aggressive with his promos recently. It's time for him to, like, you know – Show some aggression, you know. The Rock bitch slapped you in the face at the press conference. Why are you smiling and making jokes? Uh, it's on site, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so, um, let's see what we got here. Um, so that was it on Raw. Um, last thing I'll, I'll mention here is a little bit about NXT. Uh, I got to watch the show this past Tuesday night. Very, very entertaining show. Glad to see Booker T back on commentary. Booker is always entertaining with his commentary stuff, so um, that was cool. Let me look down the, the matches here really quick so I, I don't forget. Remember, folks, context is very important. Next week, by the way, will be NXT um, Roblox. They have a TV special that they're doing on Tuesday night. Uh, it's a Roblox special. Uh, they're having uh, Carmelo Hayes fight Tony D'Angelo, the mob guy. Uh, they're fighting each other. Whoever wins that match will fight uh, Dragunov for the NXT title at NXT Stand and Deliver, which will be in the morning of 
the night one of WrestleMania, so April 6th for those uh, keeping score at home. Uh, Chris here says, three legends to stop the bloodline would be awesome. Be Stone Cold, Triple H, and The Undertaker. I, I think that'd be cool. I'm very curious to see how many people are going to try to get involved with this whole stuff because that match with Cody and Roman is going to be – there's going to be a lot of shenanigans in that match, so you can see a lot of people interfering in that match for sure. Are you talking about Braun Strowman? Are you talking about the guy with the big beard, like that tall guy? Uh, I think he's injured. Um I could be wrong about that, but he hasn't been on TV for a while. But I think Braun Strowman, um, possibly, he has his history with Roman Reigns, too, for sure. <laughs> so th- that's not a bad idea either. Um, we had, um, by the way, Scott Steiner, his nephew, Braun Breaker, uh, he is in the tag team. He's tag team champions with Baron Corbin. They'll be taking out Chase University for those tag team titles next week. That should be a very good match. Speaking of very good matches, um, I want to give a shout-out to some of the ladies here, Kiana James and Kalani Jordan. Enjoyed that match a lot. We had the uh, Goof Brothers, a.k.a. the Good Brothers. <laughs> uh, they beat Malik Blade and Idris Nofe. That was what it was. Um, I, I got to say, man, you know, I, I was not expecting uh, Ty Dillinger, a.k.a. Sean Spears, uh, coming back from AEW to NXT, I did not see that coming. Uh, that 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 uh, that move surprised me for sure. Uh, but uh, he attacked Rich Holland with a chair, so Ty Dillinger is not part of NXT, which which is cool. Uh, I I don't have an issue with that. Um, then from there, uh, we had excuse me, uh, Von Wagner being Lexus King. That was cool. Um, by the way. I think for me, my match of the week this week came from NXT. It was, um, yeah, uh, Braun Breaker. He's going to be on SmackDown going forward. Um, he's uh, he's just coming up from NXT, but Braun Breaker is uh, the real deal. He is a beast. He is a badass for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I think my match of the week this week was uh, from NXT because we had. Um, I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, yeah. Noah Darn, Charlie Dempsey for the Heritage Cup Championship. Charlie Dempsey is William Regal's son, for those who don't know. Uh, those two had a very, very good match. And congratulations go out to Charlie Dempsey uh, becoming the NXT uh, Heritage Cup Champion. I thought that was a very cool moment. So uh, congratulations to Charlie and very, very well-deserved. With that being said, um, let's see what else we got here. Um, yeah, I mentioned before uh, Carmelo Hayes against Tony D'Angelo. This is definitely the spot where Trick Williams causes Carmelo the match, and they'll set up their match for a stand and deliver. So that is that. But on that note, that is what happened this week in WWE. When we come back, um, we're going to start a segment here that I'm very proud of in our fun comedy segment that we do each and every single week, a new restaurant quality edition of something that I like to call What the Hell is Wrong with A-E-W. Let's start this bad boy off in a three, a two, a one. Your meat. 
Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. I'm telling you, my time is right now. Right this minute, 2022. We're living in my time is now. My time is right. God damn now. Man, what intensity. The quality of the product and the quality of the shows is at an all-time high right now. But I do know that it's a real war between AEW and WWE. I'm still cashing fat checks. And I am still banging the hottest bitch in this entire place. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, All right then. then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. If there's one thing to know about yours truly, ladies and gentlemen, is that I am a glutton for punishment. I am a glutton for punishment. Um, what the hell's wrong with AW? Uh what isn't wrong with AW at this point? My God. Um, <laughs> we got a pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. Sting is having his last match in professional wrestling. All the stuff with Sting going into the show on Sunday has been cool. I, I haven't had any complaints or anything about it. I have my opinions about the Unbucks, of course, but... Um, Sting is getting a proper send-off, so I think that's going to be a cool aspect for this pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. But I'll be honest with you guys, man. There is a lot of, like, hey, man, you see AW picking up uh, some, you know, momentum. And, um, hey, they're about to start gaining some uh, steam. <laughs> I'm like, all right, keep telling yourself that. Oh, Chris, man, thank you uh, so much for checking out the show. Um, I love you, man. I'll, I'll hit you up soon for sure. Tell Auntie Anne I said hi as well. Appreciate that. Um, so we got Revolution coming up on um, on Sunday. It's going to be a, a very, very good uh, moment for Sting to wrap up his career on a good note. Um going on in his terms. I think that's I think that's very important in wrestling to go out on your own terms. But outside of that, man, you really expected me to shell out 40 bucks for this pay-per-view from Greensboro, North Carolina. I love Sting, but this show ain't worth 40 or 50 bucks. It, it, it's just not. So I have to ask the question here. What are we getting out of this pay-per-view on Sunday? Like, tell me what a straight face. Like, what are we getting out of it? We got a bunch of tag matches. We got a bunch of, you know, um, 
just tag matches that have no rhyme or reason, multi-person matches. I think there's, let's see this, if I got this right. One, two, three, four. We have five title matches on this show as well. Um, of course, this show is on um, YouTube. YouTube and uh, Spotify. You check out the audio versions on Spotify. The video is obviously here on Facebook and then on um, YouTube. But I also record the show on uh, a place called StreamYard. And they allow you to um, um, share the show on a bunch of different sites and stuff. So more or less YouTube and Spotify. That's where I record the shows. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we so we got nine matches on the show. Don't worry, I'll do my excrement impression. Um, there's really not much that I want to talk about as far as Dynamite was concerned last night. You know, we had um, Will Ospreay make his debut, even though we see Will Ospreay on AW television like ten times already. Uh, but that's neither here or there. Um, <laughs> um, Again, I, I, I'm just not interested in any of the stuff that we're watching right now. This not. The, the show is there. Great. Why should I give a fuck? <laughs> like, some of these matches, I, I just don't care for. Yeah, they'll be good wrestling matches, but what is the rhyme and reason? You know? what? What? Why should I care about the stuff that's going on here? with this uh, pay-per-view on Sunday. It's another show that's going to be five-plus hours, maybe have six matches on the on the, on the buy-in, um, and it's just, it's there. I I, I just don't care. Um, give me a second as I'm trying to pull up um, some um, information here for this next part of the segment that I'm going to do. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I made a promise to you guys. Awesome. I'll give you whatever gives me the best. I appreciate that for sure. Um, as I was saying, um, I made a promise on Twitter this week. I threw out the question out there. Do you guys want me to, uh, recap the wrestling observer awards for 2023? And the answer was a resounding yes. So, from me to you, we're going to do that. I am going to recap <laughs> the Reserver Awards. Then from there, I'll do my excrement impression. Then we'll do the predictions for um, for um, Revolution. We'll go from there. Okay? So, as I say that, um, I have to say this because this is epitome of what the hell's wrong with AW. Orange Cassidy against Nick Wayne for the International Championship. By the way, the, the, the Justin Roberts says this match was an open challenge. By the way, this match was also previously advertised before the show came on air. <laughs> what are we doing? How is this an open challenge if the match has already been announced? And by the way, what has Nick Wayne done to earn a match for any championship? He hasn't had a singles match since November. Because he's part of the patriarchy with Christian Cage. Oh, my 
God. These power rankings are a work and then some. I can't believe there's still a spectrum of you within the wrestling audience that still thinks that wins and losses matter in professional wrestling in 2024. AEW shows you that it doesn't each and every single week. Okay, we have a draw now that constitutes a triple threat match for their world championship. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, let's have Nick Wayne have a title match just out of the blue. Hey, you know what? Let's have uh, the COVID guy take on Atlantis Jr. in a match nobody gives two shits about. This It's just like peak AEW there with the stuff that we had to sit through uh, last night on TBS. I, I did not care. It's just a show. I just... What do you want me to say? <laughs> it's it's just another show that we have to talk about each and every single week. But all that being said, we had some awards come out this week. And it's time for your truly to go over the pontifications of the website known as the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. And ladies and gentlemen... We are going to check this out here, and can't believe I'm doing this to myself. So let's take a look. Let's take a look through this, shall we? Here are the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Awards for 2023. Uh, it's brought to you by the readers of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Let's take a look at this. Lutez Ric Flair Award goes to Will Osprey. Cody Rose goes to second, and NJF goes to third. Um, no argument here. I think Will Osprey had a very good year as far as match quality. Um, I will not take that away from Will. Cody Rhodes, I, I think this one maps out fine. Mixed martial arts, I'm not an MMA fan, so I'll go uh, John Jones is fine pick. Most outstanding wrestler, Will Osprey, Brian Danielson, and Kenny Olivier. Well, I'm not picking Karen Danielson or Kenny Olivier, so Will Ospreay is a five pick. The fact that Gunther is not in the top three is kind of ridiculous, but what else is new? Uh, how about this one? Tag Team of the Year, FTR, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. Don't get me wrong. I like me some Bishimon, but where the hell is uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest at? <laughs> this, one, this one popped me. Best on interviews, Eddie Kingston, NJF, and Christian Cage. Um, has anybody heard of somebody called Roman Reigns? Promotion of the year. This one shocked me. I I saw this the other day, so I am kind of I kind of talk about some stuff that I know and had prior knowledge to, but promotion of the year, WWE. Wow. Hey, do we need to do, like, a wellness check on Meltzer? Like, is he there? Is he taking some drugs? He allowed a WWE to win a promotion of the year award on his site? I'm shocked. This this right here is just, <laughs> this is absolutely ridiculous to me. Best weekly TV show, AEW Dynamite. Collision comes in second and SmackDown comes into third. You must be high. Anybody telling you that either Collision or Dynamite is the best weekly TV show is 
I, I don't know. They they must be drug tested. That's all I'm going to say. With that being said, uh, let's go to the next one. Pro Wrestling Match of the Year. Kenny Olivier against Will Ospreay at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom. That was my pick, too, so I'm not going to argue that. Um, United States slash Canada MVP goes to Cody Rhodes. Well, Osprey wins another reward with the Japan MVP. Mexico gets uh, Mexico's pick. Rocky Romero came into third. Europe, Will Osprey. The Hodge Award for non heavyweight uh, wrestler goes to El Hill, Del Vikingo. Hiromo Takahashi, Darby Allen came to second, third place. Rhea Ripley is the women's wrestling MVP. Well deserved. Uh, feud of the year Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against the Bloodline. No argument there for me. Um, the Bloodline, Sami Zayn stuff, definitely were, were, uh, definitely worthy of that for sure. Next, uh, uh, best box office in pro wrestling goes to Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes second, John Cena third. Most improved, Julia Hart, Dominic Mysterio, and Mariah May. You know what? I, believe it or not, I, there's a lot more that I agree here than I disagree at the awards this year. I mean, uh, my bad. Uh, Julia Hart is definitely well-deserving of this award for sure. Most charismatic goes to MJF. Fine. Um, Kento Miyahara. I don't think I ever seen anything from Kento Miyahara, so I can't tell you anything on that end. The Brian Danielson Award, best technical wrestler, once again goes to Brian Danielson. Um, uh, anybody wants to uh, page in Meltzer and his clown audience that there's somebody called Goopter out there, but that's the here or there. Bruiser Brody Memorial Award, best brawler John Moxley, Ishii comes in second, and Anna Page at third. Ishii's better than Plumber Moxley, so that that's just my opinion. Uh, I'll heal Doug Kingo wins the best flyer match. Most overrated. How about this category here? Um, Sonata, Roman Reigns, and CM Punk. If those three are overrated, you tell me who's underrated. Because most underrated, Chad Gable, Kanosa, Nikesha, Danny Garcia. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, rookie of the year goes to Yuma and Anzai. Um, she got uh, the victory there over Action and Dreddy and Megan Bain. Don Callis was best non-wrestler of the year over Paul Heyman and Prince Nada. Disagree on that big time. Uh, best television announcer, Excalibur. Nonsense. Worst television announcer, Booker T. Best major wrestling show, AW Revolution from San Francisco. Um, WrestleMania says hello. I put Wrestle Kingdom before Revolution. Anyways, um, worst major wrestling show, WWE Crown Jewel uh, from Saudi Arabia. Does anybody want to throw in uh, Double or Nothing? That's just me. Uh, best wrestling maneuver, Will Ospreay, Hidden Blade. Most disgusting promotional tactic, WWE enabling Vince McMahon and him being back in power slash TKO, keeping in position of power. Um, 
Speaking of power, NWA Power Worst Television Show of the Year with Raw and NXT right behind it. <laughs> you see the bias right there within the readers because NXT has been a very, very good and entertaining show this year. So for them to be part of this uh, category is just nonsense. Um, worst match of the year, Bray Wyatt and LA Knight for the World Rumble. Worst food, worst, uh, worst feud of the year, MJF against the Devil. Um, Outcast and AEW Originals are very close to there too. Worst promotion of the year, NWA. And WWE comes into third, which makes no sense because the next two awards are WWE purple. Oh, man. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Check this out here. Worst, my bad, best booker of the year goes to Triple H. Somebody put an APV out of that freaking clown out there, Tony Khan. My God, look at this. 360 votes compared to Tony Khan's 146. Wow. <laughs> Triple H gets the best Booker Award, man. I'm surprised we haven't got any passive aggressive comments from TK regarding that. I'm pretty sure he'll say something about it at the press conference on Sunday. Then from there, we go to uh, pro- uh, promoter of the year, Nick Khan. Best gimmick, Tony Storm. Worst gimmick, The Devil. Best pro wrestling book, The Last Real World Champion by Tim Hornbaker. Best pro, pro wrestling documentary, Dark Side of the Ring, Chris and Tammy. I thought that one was very good, too. And um, uh, American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes was also part of that list, too. So, All right. That's a little recap of the Wrestling Observer News Awards. AW Dynamite, the best television show of the year? Are you kidding me? The best television show, weekly television show of the year. You got to be smoking something because that that is just grade A, homogenized, Holstein bullshit. Um, Okay, let's go to the next part here of the show. And let's get to some previews. Let's get to some previews and predictions for Revolution coming up on Sunday. Let's take a roll down this list here. And let's start off with Rampage first. Oh, so let me take a sip of water here real quick before we get to this. All right, here we go. Coming to you live tomorrow night on TNT is another stellar edition of AEW Red Base. Here are your matches. First, we have the Righteous and Lance Archer in Trials action. From there, we have Riho taking on Trish Dora at All-Star 8-Man Scramble. Qualifying match pits Matt Seidel against Magnus. And uh, main event, it's Claudio Casanoli against Ruggito. Then coming up live on Sunday on pay-per-view from the Greensboro North... Uh, <laughs> Coming to you live on Sunday, it's AW Revolution 2024 for the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. Here are your matches. First, an all-star scramble match with the winner receiving a future AW World Championship match. It's Chris Jericho taking out Wardlow, Powerhouse Hot, Slash Archer, Hook, Brian Cage, Magnus, and Dante Martin. From there, we have a tag team match, a uh, rematch from a couple weeks ago on Dynamite. It's FCR taking on the Blackpool Cuckold Club. From there, we have Christian Cage putting his AWTNT championship on the line against Daniel Garcia. There, we have the grudge match. Will Ospreay taking on Kenosha DeCastro. 
Next, for the AW Continental Crown Championship, it's Eddie Kingston against Brian Danson. If Brian Danson loses, he must shake Eddie Kingston's hand. Right there, for the AW Women's World Championship, it's Timeless Tony Storm taking on Deanna Perrazzo. The three-way match for the AW World Championship, it's Samoa Joe taking on Hangman Anna Page and Swerve Strickland. And this match made a few weeks ago on Dynamite for the AW International Championship, it's Pockets, Orange Cassidy taking on Roderick Strong. And the main event, a Tornado Tag Team match for the AW World Tag Team Championship, it's Sting and Darby Allin taking on the Bucks, Matthew Jackson and Nicholas Jackson. This will be Sting's retirement match. More matches to be announced. Make sure to follow Tony Khan on Twitter at Tony Khan and get all your AEW tickets right now. Hey, there's a lot of them out there. Nobody's going to these shows. Make sure you get those tickets right now at AWTIX.com. Repeat, that's AWTIX.com. Woo! <laughs> I got that off. I got that off. <laughs> got it off in time for sure. Okay. Let me make my predictions really quick so we can uh, put a ribbon and bow in this segment, shall we? Oh my god, that's a lot there. Nine matches. This show's gonna be long. It's gonna be a long, long show. Um, one second, please. Let's do this. Uh, as far as the scramble match here, I think Wardlow is probably my favorite to win this match, but I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Jericho won this match too. So I'm gonna go. With um, Wardlow to win this one, but it should be a very good match. Um, I have FTR beating the Blackpool Cuckold Club. Um, I got Daniel Garcia winning the TNT title with help from uh, Adam Copeland. Uh, I have Will Ospreay beating Konose Takesha. I have Eddie Keeson retaining over Brian Danielson or Karen Danielson in this manner. Uh, Timeless Tony Storm will retain over Diana Perazzo. I just don't see her uh, winning the title that quickly. Um, I got Roderick Strong hopefully beating Pockets for the International Championship because the Undisputed Kingdom are flatter than the core was in WWE. Um, so we had that. I got Samoa Joe retaining his title in that three-way match. And to wrap up Sting's career, Sting will lose to the Young Bucks in the Tornado Tag Team match. That'll be his first loss, and it'll be his last match in wrestling. The Young Bucks will be your new AW World Tag Team Champions, one way or another. So those are my predictions for Revolution coming up very soon on pay-per-view for AW. But on that note, we pose the question each and every single week. I'd love to see you guys' predictions for Revolution coming up on Sunday. Let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at the Who's Podcast. But I pose the question each and every single week, and I'd love to hear from you guys. Folks. What the hell's wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Will Washington. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Mm-mm. Fuck this shit, I'm out. No thanks. Don't mind me. I'ma just grab my stuff and leave. Excuse me, please. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Nope. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right then. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but I don't really care. I'ma get the fuck up out of here. Fuck this shit, I'm out. All right, folks. What the hell's wrong with AWC the books? 
And that means one thing and one thing only. We got one more segment to do right before we get to our main event. And a segment that we like to do each and every week where we uh, put the spotlight on a jackass of all jackasses. As we crown the latest winner of the clown of the week. One more, more, one more time for good measure. Really quick, folks, the clown of the week this week goes to all the jackasses that are going out of way to bring down and boo and just ridicule Maxine Dupree this week for trying to get better in her matches at house shows and stuff. Uh, I could make wrestling Twitter the winner of the cloud of the week every single week, but that'd be defeated the purpose of the segment. But for in general, for those who are saying that Maxine should get fired and et cetera, et cetera, um, I don't think that's cool. Uh, I, I don't think that's cool at all, to be honest with you. But I'll go with Maxine Dupree. Uh, that whole thing that's been going on over the last couple of days for sure, I'll go as that for my clown of the week. Um, I know this week has been really big because we have the NFL Combine going on in Indianapolis. So it's endless Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams debates. Um, NFL free agency starts on March 11th. Um, it's coming up in a couple weeks. And um, I just hope we have some resolution to this stuff because I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of the conversation, to be honest with you. Um, the free agency doesn't start this Monday. It's the week after this Monday. But um, I hope we get some clarity with this stuff with Justin and Caleb. I, I made it clear already that I want Justin to stay on the team. But we'll have to see how that plays out. But um, I don't know about y'all. I'm, I'm kind of tired of this Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams debate. Let's get some clarity and we can just move on to the next part of this offseason. Because the quarterback is not the only issue that the Bears need to focus on this offseason. But I don't know. We're going to go to our main event segment, and we'll do that next as we go into the back porch Q&A session right here on the Hoots Podcast. Folks, one more segment to do here on this podcast. Time to talk about uh, our back porch Q&A session. That's where we uh, get to answer your questions each and every week here on the podcast. Um, I let you guys know that uh, we have not only questions for Chris this week, but we got the return of the good brother Mike Rubio at Made Event Swerve. He's sending questions today, so very cool. and very appreciative to both Chris and Mike for sending questions this week. And those who are watching live, you can um, – uh, sending questions uh, for um, for uh, here in the comment section, and I'll give you a shout out here on the show. With that being said, let's answer some questions, shall we? Here we go. I'll start off with the good writer Chris Zaletta at XTZaletta24X on the Twitter. Let's throw up the X there for Chris on Twitter. 
says, what up, Loose? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Has your tune changed on Milton Bradley and Nia Jax? Uh, much to the chagrin of my good brother, Sam Piopo, yes, my tune has changed on Nia Jax. Uh, yes, she is Milton Bradley. Um, and for those who don't understand the reference, Milton Bradley was a baseball player for the Chicago Cubs who thought his you-know-what doesn't stink and ended up playing like dog crap. And that's basically the reference that I made towards Nia Jax. Uh, but she's gotten a lot better, and she's been doing some really good stuff this year so far. And I uh, I started to change my tune on her when I heard her appearance on the After the Belt podcast, which I really wish didn't go away. Uh, it was a really good thing to get to relate to a lot of these performers on the roster. I don't know why they stopped doing that. But, um, yeah, I for sure for me um, – I've changed my tune on Nia Jax for sure. But <laughs> once a Milton Bradley, always a Milton Bradley. Never forget that, Chris. Uh, let's go to the next question here. Best match for the Elimination Chamber. Outside of the women's uh, match, Chris, I'm going to go with uh, Judge Dane and New Cash Republic. I, I just love that match for sure. Uh, I saw the player hater list out of those three. Who's been the biggest player hater? Mello, Drew, or Jimmy? Well, in the context of being a player hater, you know, you got to be a troll. You got to have ill intentions towards the people that you're hating, obviously, in the first place. And you got to be funny with it. It's hard, man, because, you know, Jimmy is being a player hater towards his brother. Carmelo Hayes is a player hater for what he's done to Trick Williams, who he kind of thought was his brother for a moment. And in the in the case of Drew McIntyre, he's just being a player hater, just to be a, play, a player hater. So that's the thing: who gets the Silky Johnson seal of approval approval in this vortex here of WWE player haters? I'll tell you: we should really have a player haters exhibit at the uh, new fan access known as WWE World at WrestleMania. In Philly, they should have an exhibit for that because uh, Mello definitely be there. Jada Parker, J.C. Jane, uh, the list goes on and on and on of player haters out there that you can choose from. So with that being said, um, I'll tell you what, man. Chris, I'm going with – I'm going to go with – let's see. I got to go with Drew, man. Drew McIntyre is definitely the player hater of the year so far. I, I had to go with Drew. I just had to. Will you be watching the NFL scump? Uh, <laughs> will you be watching the NFL combine? No, I will not be watching the combine. Will Swerve become a champion at Revolution? No, he will not. Uh, I think it will be a good match, but for the fact that Swerve needed to bring up something related to WWE again, uh, to make his point look better. It's just so lame and corny at this point. I I, I thought you'd be above that, but obviously it's not. Uh, that's what happens when you have family members and create a team that are uh, associated with wrestling media, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Tama Tonga, more likely to join the Bloodline or Gallows and Anderson? That's a good question. It just depends on how long uh, Gallows and Anderson are going to be there. If this is going to be an extensive stay, then for sure I can definitely see Tomataga being their leader and that's being the new group and stuff like that. 
So I'm leaning more towards Bloodline because Jimmy's going to be preoccupied with the stuff with Jey Uso. And Solo can't do everything by himself. So I'd probably say Tama Tama goes to the Bloodline. Um, do you see Thomas Brothers and possibly ELP joining him in WWE eventually? Well, that depends. How far you want to extend this out? Do we actually get Bullet Club, Bullet Club in WWE? Is this an avenue where Finn Balor leads the Judgment Day and joins Gallows and Anderson with Tama Tonga? You know, there's a lot of different scenarios you got to think about there. But uh, do I see Tonga Lord coming in and Hikaleo and El Fantasmo? I, I don't know. I, I think it would be cool, Chris, but... I wouldn't get your hopes up for a full Bullet Club reunion yet. I would not say that. Uh, do you think there's more to the Bloodline story post-Mania, maybe with Jacob and possibly Zilla coming in and Roman going away from it? What could the Bloodline look like after WrestleMania? Well, that's the thing. I One way or, one way or another, Roman will not be around after WrestleMania. I don't see him showing up at the France show. Um, maybe his next match will be SummerSlam or Money in the Bank in Toronto, but I, I, that's the thing. What happens? What happens with The Rock? You know, do, does Roman and uh, Roman continue? Does Rock and Roman continue to work with each other if their plan doesn't go to plan uh, at uh, WrestleMania? If their plan doesn't go through fruition, you know, um, how how does that play out? We'll have to see. Uh, but that's a very very good question. Um, do you like this idea having a number one contenders match on night one of WrestleMania where the winner goes on to night two to face Gunther for the IC title? I do. I do. I, I think it's a cool choice. And, um, you know, it gets a lot more people on the card that wouldn't be on the show. So that's fine on my end. And, it, and it's WrestleMania 40. So I think it, it would make sense to have a little bit of tradition where more or less you're having, um, you know, you have, what I'm trying to say, you have, you have little trolls of every WrestleMania for the past 40 years. You have, um, you have a ladder match there. You have main marquee title matches, you know, multi-person matches. Um, four years of WrestleMania, there's been a lot of great ladder matches. So why not have a ladder match? to determine that number one contender. I don't think it's a bad idea at all, to be honest with you. I really don't. And whoever wins that match, you can have Adam Pearce come out and be like, that match is now official. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so we'll have to see how that plays out for sure. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, thoughts on Sean Spears' return? Like I said earlier in the, in the segment, I thought it was cool. I'm happy for him. Um, I was critical of this work at AW and not running and hiding away from that. I was, I was very indifferent to the stuff that he was doing with Tully Blanchard, but good for him. Good for him. Um, let's see. Thank you, Chris, for the questions this week, brother. I appreciate it as always. You do a great job with these questions as always. But coming up next, we have questions here for the good brother. Mike Rubio at Main Event Swerve. Let's give a shout out to Mike. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Main Event Swerve. 
What's up, Moose? I am sorry to have missed the past couple of weeks, especially episode 400, but life has burned me out with my academic path and work and all of that. But congratulations on thriving through 400 episodes and never missing a beat yourself. You have like Cal Ripken Iron Man status for that, and it's great to know how the show will go on for a couple of years. 401 was an absolute banger, too, and this show is always great to hear. I appreciate you, uh, brother, for saying that. I really do. Um, it's, it's, it is a challenge to make sure that these episodes stand out uh, for the rest. And that's the thing. We have, we have two more years of this, you know. I, I want to make this the best two years we have left here for the show. And I want to put the end the show with a bang. So that's going to be my challenge to make sure each one toss the last. So let's have fun with it. Good to be back asking the questions for the back porch. Number one, do you uh, do you care to take a victory lap for guessing both Elimination Chamber winners and even some specific eliminations? Wow. Uh, no, uh, my ego's not that big. I, I don't need to take a victory lap. Um, I do pride myself on looking at things from a bigger picture standpoint. And I feel like for myself, what I will say I will take a victory lap for is that out of people who do wrestling podcasts on a weekly basis – there's very few people that I say that are ahead of me as far as being as in tune with the product as I am. I will say that for sure. Uh, but that's a good question. Um, I know you're straight edge, but does that extend to gambling, even free gambling in DraftKings prediction pools? No. Um, I've gambled before. I'm not going to lie about it. I have. I played gamble. I've done football squares with my uncle when I was younger, football confidence pools. Um, I'm not opposed to gambling. Just because I'm straight, it's just me that I'm opposed to getting money. So <laughs> um, I haven't partaked in DraftKings, but I'm not opposed to participating, if you will. So, yeah, just because I'm straight edge does not mean that I wouldn't want to make some good money on this side. <laughs> um what made you think of Drew McIntyre over everyone else in the men's chamber field? Um, I, I just thought he was the obvious choice, and I think the right person to fight their frauds. I know these guys have fought each other a lot over the last couple months, but um, just the momentum that he's been having on TV and with it being a journey in the road to WrestleMania, um, Drew McIntyre, out of everybody this WrestleMania season, has maximized his TV time, and he deserves this opportunity. And honestly, I... I would not be opposed to him winning the title. I love Seth Rollins. I mentioned before, he, he as much as Drew McIntyre in the same ways, has been an MVP so far for this WrestleMania season. But for me, I'll say that I, for myself, I will say that um, Drew McIntyre deserved this opportunity. He really did. I, I'm I'm happy for him. And regardless of his contract status or lack thereof, I, I do think that Drew deserved this opportunity, and he's making the best out of it. He really is. So uh, that that's why I went with Drew McIntyre. Um, the Australian Heat brought some interesting gear choices. So did you have a favor for the women last weekend? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think my favorite for the, the women's match was uh, Bianca Belair. Holy moly, man. <laughs> you want to talk about waterfall on another level, man. Holy moly. Bianca Belair, congratulations to you, uh, Montez Ford. 
my God. And then uh, Liv Morgan, again, um, that is a bad, bad woman. <laughs> uh, Tiffany Stratton's heroes all right, but uh, my favorites were Bianca's and uh, Liv Morgan Bianca's. Woo, man. <laughs> uh, Tiffany Stratton sure measured up to the caliber of competition. So what do you think of the potential of Tiffy in the bank later this year? Uh, you could rubber stamp that right now. I think I think she is a front runner to uh, win that ladder match for sure. Uh, I would not be surprised if she did win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, did he hear about Michael Cole saying the Elimination Chamber almost didn't make it to Australia because of pirates? What are your thoughts on the dangers of real life pirates in the world? I didn't know this was a thing to be honest with you, but <laughs> hey, man. You know, a lot of different countries have different rules, man. And as the saying goes, fuck around and find out. And um, I'm glad that we got past the pirate situation. And hopefully we have nothing goofy like that for these other international shows. But, again, I know that we're in the bubble of what happens here in the United States. But things are different in different countries, man. Um, speaking of pillaging and taking over, what are your thoughts on the chairman, Sean Spears, returns to NXT, everyone chatting 10, can this audience buy a non-diligent character shift? Well, it depends on what his arc is. Like, was he there? Is he there to hold NXT performers accountable? Like, is he the reverse Dijek, where Dijek is talking about justice, but it's only to his narrative? Or... In some way, Sean Spears is account uh, is going to be holding people who are doing the wrong account accountable. You know, like I let's we'll see what his um, intention to this narrative is as we go forward, and it just depends again on the narrative. But you know, people are chanting ten, and people were you know getting excited. It was a big pop for him on Tuesday, so we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, let's see what we got here. What's what woman's moment makes you more proud for equality? Jessica Carr as the first female ref in the Elimination Chamber match, you're embarrassed by hiring the first female offensive coach in team history. That's a that's an interesting question. Um I'll say for me, I I don't I don't I, I can't pinpoint one that's better than the other. Um I think now, especially in WWE, we don't have to like Pinpoint that this is the first time ever that a woman's done this or done that. I think that's a little passe. And um, I would say it's salty, but I, it's kind of adored now. And Jessica Carr is one of the best referees in professional wrestling. So, of course, she'd be featured in some of these big matches. So, um, if I had to pick one, I'll probably just say the, the lady that got hired by the Bears. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool to see that. So, that'd be my pick. Um what was your favorite NC team to watch besides the uh, Chicago Bears this season? Um, that's a good question. I'm going to go with Baltimore. I've always been a Ravens guy, so I'll go with Baltimore. Um, what else? What are your thoughts on Ryan Poles taking uh, – what are your thoughts on Ryan Poles talking about potentially trading Justin Fields? Look, man, everything's on the table when it comes to the Bears. I want Justin to say just as much as anybody else here in the city will tell you. But, um, you know, yeah, Brian has to play his cards right, man. It's not just about what the fans want. 
you can't let sports talk radio dictate what you do with your decisions. Um, you know, it, it's a it's a divisive topic for sure. You know, but I would say for myself, uh, for sure, I'll go uh, and say that it's probably given that Justin's going to be traded, not if, but when. So that's my thoughts on that. Um, give me a second here as I look through the rest of these questions. Uh, all right, here we go. Trade and signing rooms are bound after the Super Bowl. So what do you think of guys like Stefan Diggs and Saquon Barkley joining the Texans? Do you see the Texans as a destination team for free agents? Uh, I think they do, but what extent to it? Like, I know a lot of people are high on C.J. Stroud, and rightfully so. Uh, but there's also a lot of teams that have a lot of cast base, too, so it depends. Do I think that Houston's the top-tier destination for free agents this offseason? No. But do I think they'll get a lot of good players this offseason? Yes. And I, I don't even know what their cast base situation is anyway. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, running out of time. So just simply put, will Damian Priest successfully cash in his money to break contract? Here's the answer to your question, Mike. No. One way or another, Damian Priest will have an unsuccessful cash in due to the judgment they turned their back on him. And that'll be that. Um, let's see. Also, do you think we get a ladder match for Gunther's Intercontinental Championship or Logan Paul's U.S. title? Which would you rather see on the line that way? Um, see. I think the ladder match is better off to go with it with the IC title because you get some variety within both nights with as far as match types. But also, like I said earlier, you get a lot more people on the card, so... Um, for me personally, I think Ro- I think uh, Randy and Logan sell themselves. If that's a one-on-one match or they do a three-way with Kevin, I think that's fine. But at the same time, you have uh, Gunther there. He's the prize at the end of the table. Um, and you get a match that can try to steal the weekend on night one too. So, I think the ladder match for IC title number one contender would be the way I would go about it. Um, But that's me. Uh, Let's go to the next one here. A lot of good questions this week. Uh, Who do you think turns first, Rock and Roman or Dakota or Bailey? Or will one of these these pairs stay together through SummerSlam? Well, I'm going to go by Dakota Kai due to default and past history. So, I'll say Dakota Kai will turn on Bailey before The Rock turns on Roman. What's your favorite cover song that changed genres, such as Careless Whisper from Pop to Rock? Uh, I, I say honorable mention, at least from Framing Hanley's Lollipop. Um, that's a good question. Um, I'd probably say changes, because um, it was the way, the way it is from uh, Bruce Hornsby. And then that Sam will turn into a hip-hop song for Tupac before he passed away. So I'd probably say Changes is my favorite one from the question you asked. That's, that's a good one. When it comes to like transitioning from one uh, genre of music to the other, I'd probably say Changes for sure uh, would be that pick for sure. Um, last question here. What are your thoughts on the lesser-known Chicago Bulls, such as Horace Grant and Luke Longley, going on a tour to criticize Michael Jordan in The Last Dance? Would you want to go see what I'm calling the first rebuttal? Well, that's it for now. As always, thank you for your honest opinions and answers. Take care and keep the grind going, Oos.
I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for the questions this week. Glad to have you back, brother. Hope you get some more out of you in the next couple of weeks for sure. Um, would I be interested in a last dance rebuttal situation? I don't know if I would pay to see something like that. Maybe I would watch it like as a YouTube stream or something like that, like some roundtable discussion on the Bulls channel. But um, I don't know if it's something that I would want to watch or pay in person to see. You know, I don't think you need to have a documentary to respond to The Last Dance. Uh, I think for me personally, and I am biased, The Last Dance is probably one of the best, if not the best sports documentaries of all time. Um, And The Last Dance is a big, big influential aspect in my life. And The Last Dance is a big source of the – motivation and um, inspiration behind the transformation journey that I've been on for the last seven to eight months. So um, I don't know if we need a rebuttal to the last dance. I I have a lot of respect for Horace Grant and Luke Longley and stuff like that, but you know, you're not going to have the impact that the last dance had, you know, and, and that's unfortunate. I know a lot of people may have different opinions on Michael Jordan and the way he conducted himself during the thing and Scottie Pippen, especially, but what's happened has happened and we got to live with that too. And I, I think, especially with the reaction that happened towards uh, Delma Krause at that uh, ring of honor, a ring of honor uh, ceremony for the bulls a few weeks ago was embarrassing. And I think the last thing we need to do is, Re, reopen bad wounds of what happened with that team and Jerry Krause and all that stuff in between. So um, leave the last dance the way it is. But um, I want to thank Chris and Mike for the questions this week. You guys killed it as always. Um, you guys uh, brought the goods as always. If you want to participate in the back porch Q day session, all you have to do is hit me up at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast or the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I made a promise earlier to show that I was going to play the second part of holding people accountable within communications and relationships. So let's bring back this clip here from Stefan Speaks. And this will be the last thing we'll play here before we wrap up the podcast this week. So uh, this is part two of holding people accountable. So let's 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 see what he has to say here. It's very important because you got to hold yourself accountable before you hold anybody else accountable. So now the second thing uh, to do if you want to hold a woman accountable is you have to be a man who holds himself accountable, all right? So I don't want to say there's nothing worse, but it's not good for you to be trying to hold anyone accountable when you're a guy that constantly deflects on issues, when you're a guy that doesn't look at yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I need to be better in this area. And and when you're not a guy who looks to find ways for you to improve, because I think a lot of men today, unfortunately, are getting too comfortable with scapegoating excuses for everything and trying to find every other reason to explain a lack of results in certain areas rather than saying, yo, you know what? Here's where I can be better. And understanding that when we become better as people, as men, we will start to experience better results. Plain and simple. You you don't see... uh you, you don't see that guy who puts in the work within himself not start to experience a better life. It's just that that's just it's just that's just the way it is. You know what I'm saying? So we have to be willing to accept that. So getting back to the point, when you can lead by example 
in your relationships, and again, that's any kind of relationship, by showing that you're a man who can do this, it makes it more likely and easier for that person to do the same, all right? But if you deflect, you give them more uh, ammunition to deflect as well. Now, here's something that's very important in this idea of holding yourself accountable, because you may have a situation where, let's say it's a woman you're dating, let's say she does something that you don't like, all right? And you call her out on it. Let's just say um, she speaks over you all the time. You told her you don't like it. And now you're calling her out. And then she hits you back with, well, you did that to me the other day. Okay. A lot of times, because you're in this moment of trying to call her out, that may piss you off. And rather than acknowledging the issue, you're going back at her. And some people, what happens is you go back even harder because now you feel like she's attacking you. So now you're going to attack her. But what you should do is if she's calling out something that is accurate, say, you know what? You're right. I did do that. That was wrong. I, I will make that correction. And now I need you to do the same. You see what I'm saying? You disarm her. And her ability to keep dancing around the situation when you are willing, even in moments like that, to say, yeah, you know what? That's true. I did handle that wrong. My bad. I'm going to make that correction. But if you make it about I'm going to defend myself and deflect, right, then what do you think she's going to do? And now it becomes this ongoing back and forth. No one's taking accountability. Now it, it turns into trying to resolve this or address this one issue. And it becomes a battle of pulling out everything wrong that this person has ever done. It's this tit for tat to see who can call out more of the other. And it just makes the situation worse and nothing gets accomplished. All right. No one feels heard. You feel like she didn't listen to you because she rather than embracing what you said, she deflected. And then she she now will be able to say you did the same thing to her. OK, don't play that game. Don't fall into that trap. Except when you are wrong, except when you have to hold yourself accountable as well. Lead by example. And that will allow you to hold her to that same standard. And now the last thing for you to consider or. Right. That's Stefan Lavoisier, a.k.a. Stefan Speaks. Um, if you want to see the videos called Three Effective Ways to Hold Women Accountable, uh, don't only look at towards the end of the lens of a relationship with a woman. Um, use this method as far as your communication with everybody. It's very important to hold people accountable. But um love y'all. Have a wonderful weekend this week. I thank you all for hanging out with me today. I want to thank Uncle Chris and everybody interact with me on uh, during the live stream today. It was awesome. Um, make sure you can follow me at Twitter at the Hoots Podcast at Instagram at Josh Lopez Music. Make sure to check out my play-by-play articles and transcriptions at WrestlingHeadlines.com. Alright, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself and the man upstairs. I love you guys. Enjoy Revolution this week. We'll be here next week to recap it and see what The Rock has to say on SmackDown later on this week. But for everybody, I'm Joshy. This has been episode 402 of the Hoots Podcast. 98 more to go. Love y'all. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to y'all later. Yeet. Bye-bye, bitch. <laughs>